The Highlander Rewatched Podcast is proud to announce the release of a brand new book of short stories from acclaimed Highlander writer Maury Ravinsky. Maury Ravinsky is responsible for penning such Highlander classics such as The Fighter, Brothers in Arms, The End of Innocence, and Unusual Suspects. Maury's new book, The Heart and Other Strangers, is a masterfully executed collection of short fiction. Don't take my word for it. Listen to legendary Highlander producers and writers David Abramowitz, Gillian Horvath, and Donna Leto. You will know from all of his writing, including his Highlander episodes, that this is a man who really understands the inner mythologies that humanity has in common across society. He really explores the questions and connections that drive us. I really admired Maury's writing on Highlander and also his novel Dreamkeeper was great. So I followed him to Saskatchewan in the coldest winter in 122 years to work with him on MythQuest. And I don't regret it. I love Maury's book. It had heart and charm, humor and sex and schmaltz, which means it's heart, but it's heart that's dripping with sentiment. The Heart and Other Strangers features 10 brand new stories, such as The Bare Naked Morning of Mama LeBeau, A Placebo Fairy Tale, Little Jeffy's Penis, Doc and the Bungalow Queen, and more. You know, Maury's a wonderful writer and has always been a wonderful writer. He comes at things from a very different angle, from a very interesting angle and a very humorous angle in this, in this book of delightful short stories. I think it's wonderful. Head to theheartandotherstrangers.com to order your paperback or Kindle edition of the book, learn more about the author, and discover Maury's other books, such as his acclaimed debut novel, Dreamkeeper, which was named to the Los Angeles Times Best Books of the Year, or his other book of short stories, Meeting God or Something Like It. The Heart and Other Strangers injects layers upon layer of texture and meaning into every tale. Ravinsky writes that rarest of animals, literature. Order The Heart and Other Strangers today. Pick up a copy of The Heart and Other Strangers. You won't regret it. I urge you to buy Maury Ravinsky's new book. Buy this book before everyone else does. Order your paperback or digital copy at theheartandotherstrangers.com today. Ravinsky is a knowing and wise guide through the ventricles and oracles of the human condition. Enjoy the ride. Watchers, when we recorded this episode, it was in the middle of a huge thunder and lightning storm in Philadelphia. As a result, the lightning interfered a bit with the recording, and there are a few small spots in the episode where the audio gets a little low and crackles. Don't worry, it passes quickly. We just wanted to give you a heads up. It's not you, it's us. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. On to the show. McLeod, you need help. I don't need your help, my son. Have you tried looking in a mirror recently? Yes, and I like what I saw. Duncan, I know what happened. 
First contact, now you. This is a dark quickening. This is not who you are. No, maybe it's who I should be. What you see is what you get. You can fight this. I can help you if you let me. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to do that? Because of who you are. You're too important to lose. Give up, donkey. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched. Give up, donkey. Give up, donkey. 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 Give him the old windmill donkey. That's right. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where each and every week we revisit another facet of the Highlander universe. The Shrek universe. The Shrek universe. Our favorite ogre down in the swamp and talk about it in detail. You know that's what I call my my favorite ogre down in the swamp. That's gross. (laughs) I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. This is Damon. And welcome to another week and another episode of Highlander Rewatch. And this week we're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 14, Deliverance. <laughs> Deliverance. X going to deliver it to you. <laughs> what? DMX is the immortal in this episode. <laughs> Rudolph break, the red-nosed reindeer. Break bread with your enemy. <laughs> what you really want. What do we really want, Keith, out of the Highlander catalog? <laughs> Fantastic transition, Eamon. Uh Before we jump into this week's episode, we're going to read another page of the okay. Highlander product catalog. Oh, boy. This is, we're reading from the Highlander catalog from the year 2000. So this is like, the show is over at this point so this is a lot yeah well but an old bit yeah oh yeah 2000 do they still do that at all i don't know they should it's funny yeah it's funny is la bomba still on conan all right guys so we're gonna read a jewelry uh, a little bit of jewelry merch right so this is from the eternal life collection (laughs) oh uh, i know right grown what to wear and you live forever this is the Eternal Life Mosaic of Stone Bracelet. <laughs> mosaic of Stone Bracelet. Christ. All right, here we go. Ready? Turquoise, Onyx, Malachite, Lapis, Burnt Carnelian. The five ancient stones of the Eternal Life Collection have been individually set in beds of sterling silver in this collection masterwork. The forces of nature, variations in cuts, and the preferences of each artisan make every stone unique, ensuring that no two bracelets are identical and that you're wearing a truly one-of-a-kind piece. And so, if you're wondering what about this is Highlander-ish, your guess is as good as mine. They are just rocks in a bracelet. Wow. Yeah, it just looks like rectangular pieces of rock. Mm-hmm. In a bracelet. I mean, it's there's pretty. Nothing, there's nothing even like Celtic looking about it. Not Celtic. It doesn't even say the best of Highlander or Highlander 100th episode commemorative immortal rock collection. <laughs> immortal rock collection. Yeah. So there we go. And what's the band made out of, did it say? Sterling Silver, my dear boy. Oh. oh. I'm going to guess that this will run you $74.99 of your cents. Really? All right. That's how I was thinking. 79.99. All right. So 74 
In 79? I mean, I'm not trying to tell you how to play your hand, but you want to guess 75. Uh. Uh, but well, actual retail price of product number 846 in the Eternal Life Collection is $99. Whoa. Damn. Whoa, that is too much money. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's like, there's nothing wrong with this bracelet. This is not like some of the other products where it's like. nothing wrong with it. No, I mean, it's a pretty bracelet. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, I don't know if I paid $99. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm indifferent to the price, in a way. It has nothing to do with Highlander. Keith is not very price motivated. Here you guys go. You can look at it. Look at the bracelet. (laughs) Yeah, you guys take a look at this. They are very pretty. Sure. Who's paying 100 bucks for that? I don't know. Why pay $100 for that when you could pay $100 for the Best of Highlander jacket? (laughs) Yeah, right. That's like got PVC, whatever it is in it. Weather treated coating yeah. and shit. Smartly designed, oversized coat. What to co- wear when you live forever. All of these pieces of jewelry just have the words eternal life in front of them. Marketing. That's life. marketing, baby. Eternal life turquoise earrings. Eternal life home pregnancy test. What a product. What a, what a product. <laughs> what, what a catalog. What a, what a year. The year 2000. Uh, so simple. And there's a nice picture of Adrian Paul with a bunch of children wearing a hideous pinstripe suit. The suit that Adrian Paul is wearing might be the ugliest suit I've ever seen. And he's wearing a black suit with a blue shirt. It's... That's Regis Philbin style. I know. I know. Boncos. (laughs) Boncos. This is... I got a black suit on, but my shirt's blue. What am I doing? This is... It's a good Regis. It's not, but thank it's you. Not. I'm sure he's helping children, so... He's helping children. Help Highlander Adrian Paul make peace and get some really cool Highlander gear in the process. Yeah, he should make peace with his fucking tailor. <laughs> oh, boy. Well... This week, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 14, Deliverance, the exciting conclusion to the Something Wicked story arc or whatever with Coltac and all that bullshit. So, <laughs> Mac is evil. Yeah, evil in Mac. case you missed it, Mac is bad now. Mac is now bad. Deliverance was first aired February 19th, 1996. So, in a way, a Valentine's Day episode, I guess. Yeah, in a way. In a way. In a way. There's well, forced love. Self-love. Oh, boy. Forced love. <laughs> That's what they call it. Yeah, that's right. Between a man and a vehicle. This episode was directed by Dennis Berry. He did the last episode, which is what? Uh, surprising the in a way. Double, Dennis Berry doubleheader. Yeah, although my guess is the reason he's able to do two in a row is because they have to make the switch over to Paris. So there, I bet there was a filming break while they took the whole crew over so he could prep for a second episode. Makes yeah. sense. That's my podcasting opinion. Like Guys, I'm getting out there. Opinion. Yeah, you, it's okay. I am into it. Who wrote it? Who did? David Tynan. Yep. And so he also wrote the last episode. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's a good thing when these writers and directors kind of get paired together. And Dennis oh, you Barry... it's good? You don't? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, 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 you think that's good. Uh-oh. Is I'm that just what kidding. you think is good? I, I kind of think it's good. Oh, it's probably a good thing. Well, You're I'm just going right. to say... Is that what right. you think is good? We... Listen, not to get into commentary this early in the show, but the past couple episodes, we had a lot of new writers and new directors, no? And they were kind of clunkers. And it was kind of clunkers. And I remember I posited the idea like, hey, like I feel like the show might be suffering a little bit from like new writer syndrome. Like It seems like the people that know this material better... They get the goods. They get the goods. Like, they know what they're working with. They know how to use the characters. I think the directors, it's true as well. So I think it's cool that they've done both of these episodes together. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, all of Damon Tynan's stories, for the most part, are really good. Yeah. Because uh, I think he gets it, man. He's he just gets it. one of our premier Highlander writers. Wait, hang on. Again, not to get into commentary too early. Are you carving out this, the position that this is a good episode? Oh, I guess you're... 
perhaps thinking no. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of like this episode. Uh, with the last one, yeah, I, I kind of like them together, but it's like poetry. It's like poetry, man. Cha-cha. They rhyme. They rhyme. Star Wars. All right. Deliverance. Deliverance. This episode guest stars Kristen Minter. IFR is the very first guest star. It's Rachel McLeod. <laughs> she's <laughs> the last a, person to appear in this episode. She's the last person for literally a minute. Does she appear in any other Highlander episodes, or is it just these ones? Well, uh, in the next episode too. Oh, that's right. Which I we'll talk about later in the episode. But like, I think it's cool that like I think they're doing a very good job of stringing together the narrative threads like they have a character appear at the end of an episode they'll appear in the next one i think mythos was similar like they've they've been having characters appear f- appear for like multiple little arcs which is cool like mm-hmm. amanda showed up early in the season for mm-hmm. a few episodes mythos was in two in a row in vancouver he'll mm-hmm. be back in this one uh so yeah i think that's kind of helpful yeah to kind of string it all together baby so they're she's related to duncan right they're like of the same blood line. i mean in a way they're kissing cousins yeah yeah oh yeah that's fucked up. But oh, like yeah. but from like very I mean I think it's I think it's They're safe. Like, I think it's safe. Oh yeah. I don't think if they had a child well they can't, so no big deal. Yeah. Oh yes, is incest okay for <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, because they're all adopted anyway. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Like in the oh, know. for immortals, right? Oh, I was gonna say yes before hearing. Before this okay? Is yeah, this, absolutely. Is this, is this okay? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, she was in Homeland, so she shows up again in this episode, <laughs> and she's uh, as we just said has an appearance in one more episode after that. Uh, also, somebody had written us in about this. Somehow, we never mentioned the first time she appeared in Homeland that she is in Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. Oh, she's like the love interest in that. Wow. Is she really? Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I have never seen it and don't think I knew it existed. Oh, yeah. We should watch uh, it. It's watch really it. great. Uh, it's I mean, good. it's like, it's terrible. It's like. Does he get hung out a window by Suge Knight? No. But it's basically if Pee Wee's Playhouse met the wild one. Like, it is a <laughs> nonsense movie. The IMD description for Cool as Ice reads. A rap-oriented remake of The Wild One with heavy emphasis on the fact that Vanilla Ice has assumed the Marlon Brando role. What? That's, that's literally the IMDb description of the movie. Of a movie? <laughs> Kyle says is amazing. It's like, what? With emphasis of Vanilla with Ice. With heavy emphasis that Vanilla Ice has assumed the Marlon Brando role. It's awful. That's insane. But it also so has this bizarre like peewee... Meta- thing no it's just this movies just deeper than we're <laughs> that's true this episode also gets stars peter wingfield mythos mythos he's uh this is his third episode this season so he's already more episodes this season than last season and there's so many more and this episode guest stars the king of pop himself michael j jackson <laughs> as, <laughs> as sean as sean burns shamonga mecca Shona. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's done a ton of like British TV, but I didn't have any particular credits to call out. Well, he gets his, he, for Mr. Burns. Yeah, for Mr. Burns. He gets his cat pulled off in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. But this is his first of three Highlander episodes, even though... <laughs> what? Yeah, even though he <laughs> kicks the bucket, so to speak. So, are we ready for the IMDb episode description? Born Let's that way. Do it. Let's do it. Duncan. Still under the... Duncan. (laughs) Dunk. Dunky. 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 Still under the influence of the Dark Quickening, arrives in France. In flashback to 1917 France, Duncan is an ambulance driver, and his immortal friend, Sean Burns, psychoanalyzes the mental victims. (laughs) What? (laughs) The mental victims. (laughs) Let's read that again. Duncan is an ambulance driver, and his immortal friend, Sean Burns, psychoanalyzes the mental victims. (laughs) 
Wowzers. Uh, the Mental a- Victims would be a good band name. Oh, that is good. We've not had an IMDb episode description like this in a while. I know. And this is a real treat. Good lately. In present day, Mythos and Sean Burns try to get through to Duncan. <laughs> they left out completely the fuck the sailor's wife plot. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of plot left out here. YouTube, it's just McLeod arrives in France, leaving a trail of hate and destruction in his a wake. A trail of hate and destruction? Wow. Does, does the dark quickening also make him racist? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just assume it does. Yeah. So are we ready to jump into this episode? Yep. All right, so we uh, open with a last time on Highlander with yeah. Joe Dawson. So we get all the bullshit we saw last time. So <laughs> All the bullshit all the stuff. of an episode we all rated four stars. Yes, or higher. No, not higher. Oh, we no, no one gave it over a four. All Correct. four, baby. All four, that's right. We went three for four? Three, three for, for four. Three for four. Three for four. <laughs> Very good. Uh, but yeah, we see, we see all the shit that happened last time. And the theme song. It's and the theme song. Too. Right. And that's right. And then, yeah, we get an opening credit. How about that? Mm-hmm. But Mac is trying to get off the boat he's on. Yeah. And so Captain Davis is giving out payment to everyone. Like, the trip is over. Whatever this mission was. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. But and Mac will not be paid. Because he caused too much trouble on the journey. And damage, apparently. And yeah. so they're like, just get the fuck off the boat. And Mac is like, nope, I'm going to fight everybody. everybody yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, he takes everybody on like a maniac. And they beat the fuck out of him. Like, at some point, so he gets hit with like a billy club. Or yeah. They all have billy clubs. And they just wail on him. It's like, Jesus Christ. There's one guy that's just like standing in the back, not doing anything. When the fight starts, like yeah. he's punching people. And there's like an extra who's just blindly staring into the distance and literally people are fist fighting feet from him who is this guy mac gets his shit pushed in right and because mac's evil still. yeah mac is still evil but he says that uh they're not going to get away with this yeah so that's the cold open we cut after that and mac is like mac has exited the boat and somebody is following him hmm, perhaps a watcher Ooh. and he goes and calls his old pal sean shawnee burns that's right it's like an awkward phone conversation like oh what's up mac is like hardly answering anything like clearly it's i think the good part of mac wants to call sean thinking maybe right. this guy can get my head twisted on straight burns lives in like a really nice chateau he's set up it's a setup <laughs> We get a flashback, though, to 1917. Right. Mac is a medic. The description said he was an ambulance driver. I did not realize that. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Like, the, I, the last time we saw him like this was in Band of... Nope. Yeah. No. Band of Brothers? No, well, not Band of Brothers. Tomorrow, for Tomorrow We Die, yeah. when he had a run-in with Xavier St. Cloud. And that was a World War One flashback, where he was in this same sort of getup in France. So. This is a nice getup. This is a nice location. Yeah, this is all good stuff. The the snowy sanatorium, mm-hmm. right? So there Way is better than a snowy arachnatorium, <laughs> right? Yeah. No. So there's this guy Antoine <laughs> who's in this, you know, uh, mental. Inst- I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call yeah, it a mental like, institution, but pull somebody in on a stretcher, and then Mac finds this guy has a knife to one of the nurses neck yeah he's having like a freak out and yeah. i like the way all this is shot like this is great this is cool like it's like very trippy like he mm-hmm. thinks everybody around him is a german soldier and then we see from his perspective mac as a german soldier yeah. in like a german officer's uniform yeah while like all the other guys are german soldiers with like bayonets yeah, it's no, a striking image. It is. No, this yeah. is like also a lot of like this isn't a big scene. Like this is this come goes by pretty quickly. Like there's this freak out and then we get these flashes of like the German soldiers pointing their guns at them. Like they had to reset everything, do costume changes like for this little shot. Uh, which is impressive that they took yeah. all that like that took a lot more time than what's on the screen, you know what I mean, to like set up and shoot. Uh, but yeah. I think it's a great effect. 
It is. So he's freaking out, and he's saying he's going to kill this nurse, and then he's going to kill lots of other people. Mm-hmm. And then there's a buzz. So Sean Burns comes in. Kyle, what happens? He puts on his French peasant dad costume <laughs> to convince the guy. I'm very confused by what happens here, actually. Oh. But he manages to talk him down, and we once again get images from Antoine's perspective. And he is, in fact, seeing Sean Burns as his father. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to get from this that, like Coltec, Sean Burns has some kind of weird magic power. Uh, I wondered that as well. Same boat. Yeah. And then Sean Burns' explanation for it later is no, it's just. Freud. <laughs> right. But, so I guess, is this guy, Antoine, like a previous patient? I think so. I guess so. And was just having an episode. That's what I thought it was. But yeah, at first I thought the same thing. I was like, does this guy have an ability to like tap in psych- a lot, like into your psyche? Yeah. Which would be an interesting juxtaposition. It's like, oh, yeah. the guy who can take your pain away, this like very holistic Native American practice. And then here's this like scientist-like guy. Well, I like it that it's not magical. Like, I don't, I kind of would prefer the narrative that it isn't magical. I would prefer the narrative on both be that it isn't magical. Sure. Because it doesn't need to be magical for either, but it's emphatically magical in the case of Coltec. Sure. And like, he's taking away people's pain as well without a bunch of shrooms, man. Well, we don't know what Antoine's prescribed on. Antoine's talking to his, like, fake dad, who, yeah. and I thought this line was interesting. His father, Albert, is like, they can't hurt you. Remember the time near the bridge? We were fishing. Remember the thunder, Antoine? Remember that rhyme we made up? Who's afraid of thunder? And then Antoine goes, it's just a lot of noise. And I was like, what? I was like, that classic rhyme, who's afraid of thunder? It's just a lot of noise. It's not a rhyme. I was like, this doesn't make any sense at all. In French? French. Right? I don't know. Still didn't rhyme. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, they hug. And so Sean's got a gift here. Sean seems to be a compelling character. I'm like Mm -hmm. on board. Sean Burns' uh, boat already. He's like a kind of a Michael Moore kind of character. Wasn't Michael Moore a doctor oh. in that sanatorium? Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Sean Burns doesn't have a freak out and murder everybody. Murder everyone. <laughs> or does he? Oh, there's no barrel Spoiler. throwing in this yeah. episode that I'm keen to. That is a star off right away. Yeah. No barrel. Th- every, every, episode. <laughs> every episode that I didn't give five stars to, partially because of no barrel throw. We're back in the present. And while he's talking to Sean Burns, Max sees Captain Davis walk by. He's, and like, he's oh, like, gotta go. Gotta go. Then Mac goes like fucking ballistic on Davis. He beats the <laughs> shit out of this yeah. guy. I was like, oh my God. I was like, did he just kill this dude? Yeah, I kind of thought he was dead. And then he yeah. takes out his like wallet and he's like, ooh, look at wifey. I was like, yeah, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I hate this. So Mac is like, I'm going to go visit her and he also has flowers that he dropped right so mac takes those mac as well those up. also davis has a nice house and a really hot wife and uh, he looks like a troll king <laughs> okay two well two things one let's back up because we, mac has like a weird vision in this town that happens afterwards he walks by like a butcher oh, shop and he's, oh i love this part okay right you do because yeah. i'm so deeply confused and so there's it's like, disturbing. I like, I like the image. Yeah. I just don't understand why I'm seeing it. Murder's I don't murder, either. that's why. Um, <laughs> it's a Morrissey thing? Yeah. So, Mac walks by this butcher shop, and this butcher's just like It's hacking. a really sexy butcher. Oh, yeah. Also, he's cutting meat wearing nothing but an apron. Yeah. Come on. I mean... <laughs> Boing. Yeah. Uh, so he's just hacking into this like cow carcass, or I think like, it's a pig actually. But uh, slowly turns around, and it's, it's McLeod. That's right. 
And he gives this like devious grin as he yeah. throws a piece of meat. Yeah. Right. All I'm saying is if you need any romantic advice, find someone who looks at you the way Mac looks at a <laughs> hang of slabbing meat. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this you is all man. just like kind of grotesque imagery. Mac yeah. is clearly like looking into the mirror in a way and seeing. He seems a little put off by it. Yeah. Then he continues on his way. Right. So that does not deter him on his quest. So, yeah. yeah. So he goes to this really nice house. You guys mentioned that he's got a really hot wife. Yep. I typed in my notes some commentary on this and then deleted it because I was like, I'm not saying that on the podcast. <laughs> when I was younger, I remember thinking that Davis's wife was super hot. She is. I know. And I was like, but, and I remember also thinking, how is she with a guy like Davis? Because <laughs> <laughs> as you said, he's a troll king. But then as I wrote those notes, I was like, that's really not fair to Davis or to Aww. what her tasted men are. So I was like, inappropriate. And I deleted it. However, you've uncovered the truth. I secretly <laughs> thought she was super hot. <laughs> uh, Davis was bald, We've and so am I. The truth. So maybe one day. <laughs> Davis is bald, and so am I. That's right. Their house is weird. There's like a weird like door in front of steps, and then you have to go up the steps to get to the house. Did you notice this? A door in front of steps, and then you have to... What? Are you talking... Huh? There was Are like you a talking doorway. outside? Yeah. Like the gate? There was a weird gate. I think it's just the gate. It looks weird to me. Just to keep out ne'er dwells. Oh, like well. glass. I think you not, are describing not doing a good job. Not doing a good they need job. the slum and shield. Shield your home. It's slum and shield. So Mac shows up at the door and it's like, oh, Mrs. Davis, I have your husband's things. Right. She asked me to deliver for you. He's not going to be home. He has to take care of something on the ship. Some business on the ship. Yeah, with one of the men. Oh, by the way, uh, his wife played Dr. Maria Trifoli in the movie Double Team. with John claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. All right, so what happens here? So Matt kind of weasels his way in. He's, like, acting all, like, coy and, like... Oh, like, I should probably be on my way. Yeah, well, I gotta go. I should come in. And she invites him in. Mm-mm. And she and invites him to stay for dinner. She's got the whole table set. Like, this is a nice dinner because she has not seen her husband since whenever he left Seacouver. So it's been a while. Oh, so that's well, a long... before then, yeah. Yeah, and before then, too, right? He had mm-hmm. to get to Seacouver, so... That's right. She might not have seen him for months. So she's, yeah. she's aching for it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> she's aching for it. Is, are we playing Watcher Tube already? <laughs> Clay Aiken? She's aching for it. <laughs> That's right. Meanwhile, Joe, so Ma- oh, Joe is also tracking his whereabouts with this watcher. With this watcher. Following him. Right. Uh, so Mac is like, I need to clean up. He's like the long, like he doesn't have his hair back in a ponytail. This is like, I don't want to say disheveled Mac, but this is like he's unbridled Mac. <laughs> unbridled. <laughs> so he's like, I had to clean up in the bathroom. And so he goes to the bathroom to be creepy as fuck, like sponge bathing himself down and like licking his like lips and shit in the mirror. Very deliberately leaves the door open so she can like spy the good. Oh, and she wants all that candy because she comes Excuse by. Excuse me? <laughs> Pardon me? She, she wants all that candy. She comes by and is like, Hubba, hubba. Like she's, she is checking him out. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, babe. He smiles at her really innocently. He's like, hi. But then when she walks away, he turns to the mirror and starts licking his chops. Yeah. In a gross way. Cut to them laughing over dinner. Right. I haven't laughed like this for so long. <laughs> that was my impression of Dominique. Dominique Davis. The double D. Double D. She's about to get the triple D. <laughs> so Mac is like, oh, I got to go. And Dominique's like, oh, why? And he's like, 
oh, he's like, your I husband's can't. a fool. Like, there's no trouble on the ship. And then he makes up this thing like, he sent me here to lie for you. Like, I saw him go off with another woman. And she's like, that can't be. He's like, I saw it all. And then he keeps on saying, like, more wine, like, during all this. Oh, yeah. There's, like, the shtick before in Joe's bar. He's, like, liquoring her up. So Mac is a date rapist. I had notes, like, this is clearly the show being like, can we have the hero rape a woman? No. No, that's a bridge too far. But, like, let's, like, soft pedal through it and make it this scenario. Make him deceive a woman. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It's he, evil. Yeah. But he's evil Mac. That's right. He's evil Mac. So he's off the hook. Right. <laughs> Remember that for later. Yeah. <laughs> this is a quarter of the episode. Not even. Like, this is four minutes into the episode. She's about, he's going to rape a woman. No, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's longer. I think it's more than that. Oh. I'm, or you're I'm, saying I'm, the amount of time I'm this takes up? the amount of time dedicated this to the dedicated <laughs> yeah. to date rape? To Mac being like, this captain screwed me. I'm going to screw his wife is alarming. Yep. So he sleeps with her. Yeah, so we cut to the next morning. And she wakes up and she is not happy. <laughs> nope. She regrets this instantly. And then Mac's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go through all Davis's stuff. Yeah, he like picks through stuff. He's like, oh, you were really good. That was great. Like, yeah. I might come back again tonight. And she's like, ugh. Yeah. I didn't think it was funny when he took his sweater and he was like, it fits like a glove. Right. And he took his coat and he's like, oh, I'll just take one of these two. <laughs> right. Also, oh, Mac has his e- evil earring in. Anyone notice that? Because yeah, they didn't give him a goatee, so they gave him an earring. Evil pirate earring. Right. They show that earring a lot. Like, also. a lot. <laughs> Mac goes downstairs. Dominique is preparing some tea. And then he gets a little handsy. Mm-hmm. A lot of handsy. And then we hear Davis, Captain Davis, coming home. Dominique! And she's like, you have to leave. Because at this point, she thinks like that my husband's just been out all night with some other woman. And I cheated on him as well. I don't want you here. She has no idea that like he was like oh, knocked out in, in an alleyway. Right, or yeah. Mac. Uh, and Mac's just like, no, I want him to catch us. Right. And now, he, now he's full on rape mode. Like, yeah. rape mode engaged. And he's like, got her over the table. He's like, oh, you want to sit down and watch? It's fucking gross. It's real, real bad. He's like, I told you it wasn't over, Davis. So he comes at Mac, and Mac gets a knife from somewhere and starts doing his kung fu knife, knife moves. moves. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a, the kung fu chef. But then Dominique one-ups him, and it's like, I'll Throws take a- boiling <laughs> water in his face. Yeah. This is savage. But that just makes Mac angry. And then he fucking... Then he the decides- move. <laughs> or wait, Davis gets a gun, and then Mac disarms him. And he punches. Like he does, like just karate moves, and then he punches Davis like fucking square in the nuts. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's going to murder him with what appears to be a bottle of sweet vermouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's on now. <laughs> so then Dominique is going to kill him yeah. with the gun. Yes. She gets the gun, and he's like taunting her, like because mm-hmm. I think it's like he makes mention like it's hard to kill me or whatever. Yeah, this is like a. a Joker in Batman 89, did you ever dance with the devil? (laughs) Like, moment. This is fucked up, but Dominique fucking pops him a bunch. Three times. Yeah, this looks brutal. So then Mac, like, stumbles outside of the house, and Mythos has pulled up, and Mythos is there, not explicitly to save Mac, it's what he ends up doing, but I guess he's there to monitor whatever situation's going on. Duncan falls down the steps, he's in the street. And then Davis shoots him again. Davis follows him out to the street to try to execute him. Yeah. <laughs> Probably problematic were the police to arrive. Yeah. That is definitely It's not a legal. good look. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely not legal. Mac ends up crawling into Mithis's car. And he's like, let's go. And they drive away. And Mac dies. And Mac yeah. dies. Cuddled up next to him, like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on, bro. So Mithos drives away, and we cut to the next scene, which is uh, on this chapel. 
in this chapel. Max passed out in the church. That's right. If Eamon had chapel. a dime for every time that happened. I'd have many dimes. Cynodyne. That's right. That's where you can watch Highlander on YouTube. So Mac wakes up. He's having a little freak out. And he's, he's hopping just like around. Splayed on the steps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't lay him in a pew. His comfort's not important. He's yeah. dead. He's just like. <laughs> Mac like wakes up. He's hopping around when he, like as, Gollum or something. As soon as he, he wakes up, straight up Gollum. Yeah, he hates us. As soon as he wakes up, he kicks over a candle on a stick. Like that's the first thing he yeah, does. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck your candelabra!" <laughs> Boom. And then he picks up a whole thing of candles. Yeah. He's like waving it around. Also, he has his sword. Yeah, me like, like, you didn't like, take that away. Fuck. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? So this is the clip at the top of the episode. If I didn't mention that already, I can't remember. But. Mythos is talking about how important Mac is. Like, you are better than all of us or whatever. Like, this is why I'm trying to help you. Right. And what does Mac say? Not just kill him. What you see is what you get. How many times does he say that in this? At least two. (laughs) I think it's, it is at least two. And then thematically it comes back later. I think it's at least four. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, Mythos is trying to get through to Duncan about how important he is and how he knows he had a dark quickening. And right. he can beat it. So let's talk about fighting on holy ground. There's an interesting line here, and I think you'd read it either way. Like, Mac is, like, threatening Mythos, and Mythos goes, whatever evil is inside you, you cannot do this. Is that implying it's a rule? You literally cannot do though, this. Y- though ye be evil. Right. Or is can. he implying that, like, no matter what you have inside of you, like, there's that part of that good part of you that's not going to let you do this. I don't know what he's... Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel I, like it could I go either way. I think I've come around to the view that it's a, a very... It's a magical prohibition. Sure. Because Coltec went through the same thing, too. He's like, if we weren't on holy ground, oh, I'd right. take your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is probably the most evil character we've encountered on yeah, the show. Yeah, the guy who's like, yeah, you slighted me, so I'm going to fuck your wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good point. Like, of all the villains... Evil Mac like, is the evil. Evil Mac. Like, yeah. we, we cannot forget yeah. him when we do, like, some sort of villain roundup at some point. That Evil yeah. Mac is definitely on that list, right? Oh, yeah. He exists purely to cause chaos and destruction. He ha- hasn't had a peaceful interaction with anyone. <laughs> no, literally anyone. The yeah. only peaceful interaction he's had was him getting on the boat with Davis. Yeah. Yeah, he That's true. didn't cause any trouble getting on the boat. All right, so he threatens Mythos. I love that he, like, throws Mythos across the floor. This is yeah. cool. Like, Mythos uh, kind of cool. slides. What were the physics of that? He, like, force pushes him it's across awesome. the floor. Like, I, like, were we supposed to think something else was going on? Because, like, no, I think, I think the way he, he just shoves, shoves him, him really hard. I thought he, like, hit him, and then it looked like he slid. I, mean, I think it's It maybe didn't look physically smooth... possible to, him, to me. Oh. No. Hmm, I no, know. I think it was... Uh, I don't think they, like, set up any rig to, like, pull him along the floor. I think that's too much work for the shot. Yeah. I think he just throw him on there. Maybe they wax it up a little bit so he'd slide. You go, wee! Wee! Wax that floor up. So, Mac exits the chapel, and some go people are necking in front of a church. For- this is, like, a beautiful shot. It's, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. And yeah. Mac just ruins it. Yeah. <laughs> go oh, into the chapel, and I'm... Gonna fight teenagers. <laughs> well, this whole town is really pretty. Like, this is all shot in the town of uh, Le Havre, which is northwest of France. It's, it is a port town, uh, hmm. or northwest of France, northwest of Paris. But Mac, like, goes outside <laughs> and he's like, yes, I love this. I don't know what yeah, he why loves. Is he, why does he yell yes? I don't know. That down. Maybe he's just really pumped about the band, yes. Yeah, I think that's why. Well, he's like, I want, th-. he sounds like Al Pacino. I want this car. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's Al Pacino. Yeah. This car. Yeah, he sees a car with two kids necking in it. She's ovulating. Yeah. 
He just like peeks in the car and is like, I want this car. It's my favorite color, red. Red. <laughs> so that's Mac's favorite color. Well, legendary, legendary, legendary colors. colors. Red and black. Highlander, the best of right here. He like yanks the dude out. The woman, his girlfriend. A, his second woman. Yep. And she comes out. She's got rubber pants on or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. So anyway. Mac steals the car and does some fucking donuts. He goes for a joyride. Yeah. I like uh, his attitude here. She's like, leave us alone. And he's like, all right, like, yeah. whatever. Like, <laughs> he just gets in the car. And then we get a long montage of oh. Mac doing one of the most evil things ever in the show. Driving on the grass. He, and he runs that four-way stop. Oh, oh such yeah. danger. <laughs> yeah. Also, at one point, there's like, at least on Hulu where I was watching it, there's a weird issue with like the film width. It changes like twice over the course of this donut Really? Yeah. Running around phase. Yeah, it's strange. That's huh. really it, like, weird. It blinks inward. Like in a flash, or does it like go in and hold it and then it come out? It holds for like a second or two and then comes back out. It's a dark in the same man. shot, or like they make a cut? In the same shot. Weird. Huh? Yeah, it's super strange. That might I just went, be a... I went back and watched it twice to make sure I wasn't like hallucinating. Huh. Hmm. Highlander film tips. That's right. Oh, and he almost runs over Mythos on his yeah. escape attempt. Right. Mythos dives out of the way. This is a long sequence of him just driving around. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Entirely too long. Aside from running that stop sign at the end of the sequence, like he, he's not doing anything crazy. Like It's not like a joyride, like the Kurgan style. If it was that, I'd be like, oh, I, fine. I think that's a trying to invoke, but there's nothing to it. But he's just going around turns fast yeah. <laughs> it's like Ooh. well they probably couldn't crash into actually, anything this one's on reference- the church yeah, right. yeah. this one's actually referencing the same exact scene in highlander three oh, okay <laughs> he pulls the wheel off <laughs> oh. here you take it <laughs> so we cut then later and mythos is going to meet that other watcher dude his name claude. is claude yes yeah. and classic claude classic claude so claude is wondering like adam adam pearson his alias like what are you doing here you're just like a desk tech guy yeah you're working on the Mythos Chronicle. Right, to remind everybody what's happening. Uh, but Mythos is like, no, this is a special case. This is a dark quickening. So, like, I'm being called into the field. By Joe. Right. Joe, who does nothing in this episode. Yep, just yeah, he provides just voice the phone over. a yep. few times. And what the fuck is Richie doing during this? You'd think they would have let him know right away that they found him, right? Yeah. Nope. And then he's definitely going through a dark quickening and they have a plan to try to fix it. Yeah, like, yeah. Richie seems like a perfect... I mean, like, Richie's Mac's best friend. Like, you'd think he's a guy to, like, talk Mac down out of this. Right. Or... Joe, do you think we should talk to Richie about this? Who? <laughs> Who? That guy? Eh. Eh. So, so, eh. so Claude is like, I don't know where he is, but I know that the last person Duncan called was his friend Sean Burns. And I'm like, how does he know that? Yeah. Like, to, after to, Matt called, is does it he... tapped? Does he, yeah, does he go to the phone and somehow discern... Star 69. Does he start... I don't know what he does, but... Maybe Sean Burns' watcher knows that he... Oh. Called. But how does he know? I mean, like, smart. unless... The watcher he's touched. in the building. Like, yeah. unless he's in the building, how does he know who's calling who? There. I don't know. It's a, it's a little far-fetched, but whatever. I buy it. It's fine. It just gets Mythos to go to the place. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's, yeah. a, that's a good catch. Maybe he called the phone company and found out what phone number called. Yeah. That seems illegal. Yeah. That seems illegal. No, you can check on your own bill. Yeah, but it's well, from a... Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. Do kids know what's kids? Do kids know what Star Sixty Nine is? Anymore? I don't think any children listen to this show. So <laughs> That's why I, I think we're, I think we're good. Yeah, I think it's mostly thirty somethings and up. If you're a kid and you listen to this show, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Can we just stop and say one other offensive thing about the car chase scene? 
okay. the product placement. What is this fine German engineering? Yeah. And they make sure they show the Benz logo like uh, eight uh, times during it. Well, I bet they got to use that car for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, My favorite color, red. Anyway, yeah, that, the red lobby. Established. All right, so Mac is headed to Sean Burns' estate. And he's listening to, quote-unquote, cool music. It's basically just like a mid-90s drum track. So cool. But as he's driving up, he's like honking his horn, making a commotion. A commotion. And so Sean comes out, and Sean, I guess, is troubled to hear from Mac. And so he's canceled his appointments in Paris. So he's like made a uh, a block in his schedule to take a new patient, as it were. Yeah. But Mac is hearing those mumbly voices, and he's like, maybe it's not a good idea for me to be here. And so we get another flashback to 1917 France. This is a beautifully shot scene. Or just a beautiful location. It is. I and I like I assume they're lucking out with the snow, right? Like it's like snowing in this scene. It is it does appear to be snowing and right. it looks great. It's awesome. They're just talking about the toll that the war is taking on the youthful soldiers. Sean is trying to heal their minds as well as their broken bodies. Right. And so Mac is inquiring about like, well, what does that mean? Like, I, this is a new concept for Mac. As it is a new concept for, I think, everyone in the, the, Earth, yeah, in right. the 20th century. That your mind is something that can be healed and treated medically. He's using Freudian methods. So Mac it. says he's trying to, going to keep trying to remember the peace. That's like the thing that's going to keep him sane through all this. Mm. So we cut back to the present and Mac is wondering if like anal- psychoanalysis. psychoanalysis can work for a mortal. And he's like, well, kind of. He's like, we're all still human, but like, we've got like a lot more in the bank, and that's a problem. How much there's the Makes root through, right? And so then they get into the dark quickening idea, and Sean is not even sure that that's a thing or what the deal is with mm-hmm. it. So Matt kind of reveals that he knows the dark quickening is a thing. Yep. And then he turns, and it's ugly, baby. And so he is threatening Sean, and Mythos pulls up just in the nick of time. But Mac is like, you can't interfere. Which is interesting because maybe not that interesting, but it's like, oh, is it like you can't interfere with a fight, but is this a fight? Yeah, is, is, you can't interfere with this execution. Yeah, like this on. is like a challenge hasn't even been made. It's just like, I'm going to cut your head off. Um, the way he says it, he's just like, you can't interfere. <laughs> but Burns is like, I can fight you, but you'll win, but I can't help you if my head's chopped off. Right. He's like, Duncan, it's not too late. What you were, what you love, it's still waiting for you. And. Mac is like, nothing is waiting for me. And, uh, yeah, then he just grabs his hand, pulls him closer. Well, it seems like he's coming around. That he's, like, taking his hand out of friendship. And, and then, then he whomp, switches it up on him. With a brutal decapitation. When this happened, when I was watching it, I audibly went, mm-mm. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was like, one more time? Oh. I was, mm-mm. <laughs> I was so upset. Oh, honey. <laughs> and it was really, like, an mm-mm it's sound. It's pretty cold. Yeah, it's it fucked. Is, it's real cold. And Sean's yeah. a good character. Like I, yeah. inst- like he's a character that like pops on the screen like mm-hmm. instantly. Like some good writing on him. Like they created a a, a good good guy. Good guy here. Good guy. Amethos is just like fuck. Find people. On, find hooligans on both sides. But Mythos, during the quickening that happens, grabs Duncan's sword. Mm-hmm. So things might be getting a little serious here. Yeah. Right. I like the way this quickening shakes out. Like turns it to night. That's well, yeah, cool. turns to night, and yeah. also like there's a lightning bolt that like. The camera like pulls into Mythos's face and like a lightning bolt like shoots by his head. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. it's a it's a cool visual flare. So Mac is down for the count, so to speak. Like he's been all winded from his uh, you know, orgasm. But Duncan still feels like he has the upper hand because he's saying to Mythos, like, you think you can actually kill me? Because if you kill me, like this is your future. You can't handle this. This is a good bit. I, I yeah. like like it puts him in a tricky scenario. Also, like, we'll come to know from Mythos like later what his like tricky past is. 
But also, like, as, like, old and as powerful as Mythos is, like, rumored to be, it's like, oh, this is even worse news. Like, if Mac is this bad, if Mythos gets a dark quickening... Mega evil. Mega evil, yeah. Mm. Mac is doing a good job kind of making Mythos unsure of what he should do. And he takes advantage of that and fucking pummels him over a high wall. Mac also says, what you see is what you get. Again. Yeah. Uh, again. And Mythos says, I'm too old for <laughs> he this. Pulls, he pulls a lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, a Murtaugh. Uh, yeah. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. My birthday. Mac heads I off. I just want to take a shit in peace. Yeah. Oh he says. <laughs> in classic Murtaugh fashion. So this is one Murtaugh. of my favorite scenes in this episode. So we now cut. We're now in Paris. Mac has made his way back home. On the barge. He gets to the barge. And he starts, like, I guess, looking through memories, as it were. Like, pictures and just books. And, like, and he says, like, nothing. Nothing. And Why is he saying nothing? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly yeah. what he he's trying to get. He yells out a lot of things all the time. What you see is what you get. Yes! <laughs> nothing. I want this car. I want this car. I, I love this woman! <laughs> <laughs> so then Knack proceeds to just fucking trash trashes his, his barge. barge. Always screaming, nothing. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't know what this what that means, really. No, I don't even know what it no, is. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it has to tie into what Sean Burns said earlier. Like, you, you still have your memory. Like, there's still a part of you there. And I think Max may be looking for mm. it. It's not explicitly called out exactly what's going on here. Because there's yeah. no dialogue. Like, really. Like, Mac just goes off in a Frankenstein-esque, like, you know, like, Mac mad. Uh. And then he, like, leaves Mythos. And then just shows up here and is like, Mac's still mad. And, like, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what is going through his head. But maybe yeah. it's something like that. That could be good. Like, yeah, he's trying to find that good piece of him and he can't find it. But it's also surprising that he can't because, like, I don't know. I mean, like, Tess is there. I mean, well, maybe not. I mean, she's dead. What is there? Tess is dead. Lisa ran off with his house. Lisa ran off with his house. (laughs) (laughs) They flew off together. Yeah. (laughs) In a way, yeah. His puppies got redonated to the pound or whatever. Richie's away. Charlie's dead. A lot of doom and gloom. He really does have nothing. Yeah, Yeah. he has nothing. (laughs) So, Mac, after all this, is just real pouty face on like a railing like at the metro or whatever and then he gets a flashback like he sees a guy on the street who's like are you okay and another that, weird what portly french man yeah <laughs> this guy like kind of looks like what? the dad from yeah. the other flashback yeah what is back doing when this guy stops just him? sulking he, professionally he be, sulking chilling <laughs> what is it? Look, he's just anyway. hanging out hanging out uh so we get a flashback back to sean burns place in 1917 max like on a guilt trip and a scottish guilt trip a Scot- yeah. specifically a scottish yeah. guilt trip he's like you didn't take these men's eyes or like remove their limbs or whatever you're trying to help them right he's trying to talk himself out of his guilt trip mm-hmm. i guess yeah you can't save everybody i don't know why i gave sean bean Sean Bean. Sean Bean. And the Adrian Paul voice. Also, I mean, like, this is, again, part of this... Well, last episode, we talked a little bit about Star Trek V and, like, take away my pain, I need my pain, that sort of thing. And Sean is presenting a different version of this where Coltec was like, I will remove your pain from you. But Sean says to Duncan here, he's like, Duncan, it's not an illness. It's who you are. It's who you'll always be. Like, this guilt that you have with you is, like, part of you, too. But you just need to make peace with it. Like, you need to, like, reconcile these sort of... 
things. That's uh, fair. That's yes. interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a cool counterpoint with what is presented in the other thing. Right. And also I think it's interesting not to get like too philosophical, but like the the idea like of emerging philosophies at the time, like the idea again of like uh, existentialism about like embracing who you are and what you could be. You know what I mean? Like you have to have some sort of balance and that's mm. like a newer idea at this time too, which feeds into that where I think the idea of like someone carrying all this guilt with them 400 years ago, there's no psychological or philosophical counterweight to that. Like, it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you're allowed to have made mistakes or you're allowed to come from this background or have done something wrong. You have to reconcile with it, but you can move on. You can't, like, excise it from, like, your being. Like, that's Mm -hmm. still part of you. So then we cut back to the present. Go to some familiar territory, Darius's church. Keith, you were just there. I was. I did not see a ghost of Darius, and the chairs are new. I actually wrote that. I was like, ah, like, interesting to see this having just been there. They have replaced those wooden chairs with... Slightly more comfortable looking, but still uncomfortable looking wooden chairs. <laughs> it's still a Catholic church. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes being a Catholic priest is harder than <laughs> other times. <laughs> also, the park that's next to it, like there's some like green area. It's all completely like overgrown. Overgrown, not like in a bad way, but there's all these like shrubs and stuff. Like that park is very like secluded now. Like you go in and it's a nice quiet space. In these, uh, in this footage, you can see like from the vents, you can just see right out to the street. So hmm. nice. it's changed. How about that? In 20 years, the landscape has changed a bit. <laughs> Who'd have thunk wow. it? Not me. How'd they get the footage of Darius? I thought he was dead <sighs> movie magic wow so duncan goes into the church and mopes around in church and he kind of throws some chairs which yeah. is his mo in this church he yeah. like shoves them around a bit so is nobody here like yeah i guess it's just open all yeah. the, the time, time. 24 hours no one they're no like one. sir you can't lay on the ground and yell in here <laughs> mr mcleod we've talked about this yeah. <laughs> yes yes i know yes 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 darius yes <laughs> We've done this before. He's gone. Please leave. I thought it was kind of funny. He's like splayed out on the floor at the end. Yeah, he just is like, like I'm yeah. done. So Mac is like, what have I become? He's like, everything I was is gone. People I love, things I cared about. He's like crying. He's like, I killed a friend. You've killed multiple friends, by the way. And he's like, if you can't help me, stop me. Which is an interesting kind of cry for help to God. Then Mythos finds him. Mac wants to be left alone. As usual, Mythos has the best lines. Mac is like, leave me alone. And Mythos is like, with God or your demons? Hey, yo. Damn, that's good. Mac is convinced there's no saving himself. And then they have a weird touchy-feely moment. Also, well, there's a return of this what you see is what you get sentiment. Because Mac says, look at me, see me as I am, not as I was. Or as you want me to be. So, like, Mac is very much stuck in this particular moment. So, again, like, I think he's having trouble wrestling with, like, this idea that you have to, like, make peace with what you've done and to move on or whatever. So, I think that's the significance of the what you see is what you get line. I think it's Mm -hmm. based on this. I think it's an awful cheesy line. (laughs) Like, that is weird every time he says it. I'm like, okay, you goofball. (laughs) You friend-murdering goober. You friend-murdering goober. Mythos is insisting he's not alone and wants him to summon forth all the good that's left in him and follow Mythos. Right. And in a weird way, like, Sean Burns' quickening is, like, part of that, I think. Like, it's like, no, like, you can use his strength still. Like, even though he's not here, he's in you now. And Mac gives him his sword. (laughs) The darkness, 75. He's He's in in you you now. Now. (laughs) He's in you right now. Hey. Eamon. Yes. You're a highly talented, skilled artist. Do you have anything out there that uh, showcases your dope work? Well, I do, Kyle. 
funny you should ask. I it have... is funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's treat this as funny as it is. You can give us... <laughs> what can we get? hey you can get a set of five Highlander character magnets. Five? Are there even five characters in Highlander? <laughs> <laughs> there is. I was as surprised as you. So we have our Duncan McLeod. Ooh, he's the hero. We have Amanda. Oh, she's the hero. We I have... Joe. Not quite the hero, but all right. He's one of them. He's the great, though. I'm a watcher. We have <laughs> Mythos. Oh, sometimes like friends, enemy. sometimes enemy. Yeah, he's a little trickster like Loki from the Avengers movies. And we recycle a character, Duncan McLeod. <laughs> recycle a character. But he's a flashback Scottish Duncan. Ooh, when he's like all barbarian fine. He's all barbarian up. Does he like use his rage? He does. When he like rages, does he get like plus two to attack rolls and like mm-hmm. damage sure. resistance to bludgeoning attacks or something? That's right. These are D&D 5th edition jokes. Uh, they have nothing to do with our magnets, but where can we find these things? 5th edition. Fifth yeah, edition. you better believe there's a 5th edition. Five magnets. Yeah, right. one for each, one edition for each magnet. That's right. You can find these magnets on Etsy by searching Highlander Rewatch, or we have a store on our Facebook page. Oh, is that what happens when you push that shop now button? That is. That makes a lot of sense. That's so convenient. And these five magnets are only $15 for the whole kit and caboodle. Whoa. Amen. as an artist, like if you were going somewhere and just like buying like one print, mm-hmm. how much would that cost? That would be like $15 at minimum. Oh, and you're getting five separate things and they're fully functional as magnets? That's right. That's nuts. What kind of value is that? And where do the proceeds for this whole thing go? Like surely like to build your art empire or something. This supports this very podcast oh, that you're this, listening to. This very one? Right dear now. Boy? This very one, my dear boy. That's incredible so if i'm a huge highlander fan and i've just been like enjoying our free content for mm-hmm. like the three years we've been doing this thing mm-hmm. i can buy these magnets to support it that's right oh i should probably stop being a freeloader and do that do it today so they find this like abandoned holy spring that's what happened yeah so we they go to the woods to fucking magic puddle <laughs> magic puddle <laughs> There's a hole, and underneath there's some caverns. Well, before this happens, when they get out of the car, Mac is like, this is still not a good idea. Oh, and he punches Mythos in the face. (laughs) Right. And he's like, I can't control this or whatever. He's like the fucking Hulk. And Mythos is like, no, no, it's still you. And he goes in the back seat and pulls out Mac's Claymore. With some tartan. Right. From from the episode Homeland. Homeland. Uh, and he's like, you have to remember, like, who you were. This is you. That, like, kind of snaps Mac out of it for ropes. a bit. All right, so now we get so to this cave, the Cave of Wonders. down the cave. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not just a cave. How did Mythos find out about this? When was he spelunking and discovered this magic spring? Also, what did he think this magic spring could do? Also, what did he think <laughs> it could do for Mac? What has it's magic. used this spring for in the past? I have nothing but questions about whatever the fuck this is. It's a magic spring. <laughs> it's a magic spring. It's yeah. like Irish Spring. But uh, that's French. actually the Slinky from uh, Toy Story. He's a magic, magic spring. spring in a way. <laughs> the late Jim Varney. James Varney. We've got a friend in him. This pool has been around since the seventh century. And it glows. It does glow. It's got glow sticks in it. It's like got glow a green glow. Stick juice. All right. So Kyle does not like this. All right. I will save my comments. One more time. I'm going to save my comments till after we talk about it because I have mixed mixed feelings on it. Not clearly not as. Uh, harsh as Kyle's. But, so what happens in... Oh, when Mac gets his sword from Mythos, there's, like, audio of his mother 
saying, like, take this sword, it's Mary. yours. Yeah. So he goes in here he and put, he gets he puts a, his he, he dippy his tippy. <laughs> he goes into, into this pool, sword. into the puddle, the grand puddle, as it were. He wrestles boss Nass. Okay, so Mac and then this. so now we get into a dream dreamlike state. We're back into Twin Peaks territory, right? This is straight up Twin Peaks territory. This is doppelganger shit. Yeah. So, so he has a mirror match against evil Duncan. That's right. Yeah. And his voice is like deeper. It's really yeah, really deep. And Evil Mac always calls Good Mac Dunky. He's like, come on, Dunky. It's like what? Dunky. Donkey. Also, I want my swamp back. In an episode that I want my Mystic Claw and Puddle back. Don't get in, in an episode. I my country back. Oh my god! Oh boy! In an episode that deals so much Shrek with like, like psych. Oh boy! In an episode, hey, drain the swamp. I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's anti-Trump for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, he wants to what? Here. He wants to drain my swamp. <laughs> in an episode that deals so much with like psychology and whatnot, I would have to imagine since this is essentially. Perhaps going all in Max, going on all in Max's mind. That Max' inner monologue, like since Mac is a good guy, like Mac identifies himself as I think an upstanding dude. When Mac talks to himself in his own monologue, he refers to himself as Donkey. Yeah, Donkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why else would Evil Mac call him Donkey? No, because that's the, that... that's the nickname for Good Mac. No, that's I... what you call yourself, Donkey. Hey, Donkey. So this fight's cool. I thought it was cool. And like, yeah, Donkey like is it. using. In the mirror match, like the Claymore again. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that. Yeah. Back. yeah. Max losing most of this time, which is. Almost it, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And Evil Duncan is continuing his theatrics while he's fighting. He does like little victory moves when he gets a cut on Mac or. Yeah. Yeah, he really, like, flaunts it. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, again, good job on Adrian Paul for, like, really... Especially when you see these two characters together, like, making a clear difference known. Evil Mac is like, I know who you are. You're nothing. Mm-hmm. And good Mac is like, you don't know who I am. I think this is cool. Mac is like, no, I am Duncan McCloud. Of, like, a affirmation of, like, Mac's catchphrase, basically. Yeah. I'm Duncan McCloud of the Clan McCloud. Like, this is him, again, like, reaching back and reconciling with his past. Like, who did I used to be? This is, like, some cool Hamlet shit, like, around the time of, like, the to be or not to be speech. He's like asked who he is and he's like i'm hamlet the dane that's some good shit this like statement of your identity mm-hmm. in the affirmative works out nicely yeah yeah so uh then mac cuts off max head <laughs> yeah and he wins yeah his katana gets like stuck in the wall and then mac takes this huge slice with the claymore and fucks him up that's right and so then there's like not a quickening but it's like a sparkle fest in the in the pool the well, puddle like the puddle <laughs> catches on fire and it looks dangerous like adrian paul is like standing feet away from i hope this mortals never use that thing yeah there's flame. definitely like a chemical fire going on yeah. in, this, in this puddle it's just like carbon monoxide <laughs> or like nuclear waste is in there or something it's the ooze yeah, oh, and then Mac the and Mac is steaming he's, he's, after this is over. Yeah, and there's like still little bits of green. Yeah. green ghost is still lingering. After. Oh, isn't that the bank in Harry Potter? Green ghost, green ghost. <laughs> green ghost. <laughs> That's Wizard's chest. Yeah, Mythos comes down to make sure everything's okay. I like how he's hiding the sword behind his back. Mythos is like sneaking up to the pool and he's like, is everything okay? <laughs> like I was not sure. Like I kind of liked that, but then as soon as Mac's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, okay. Yeah. Like, he seems very credulous about the whole thing. Well, it's because Mac isn't glowing black and white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how we know he's good. All of a sudden, some typing appears. <laughs> good Duncan, Duncan McLeod. McLeod. Good Duncan McLeod. All right, so let's talk about the denouement of this episode. We cut back to the barge, or right outside the barge. I kind of like this line. He's like, 
the place might be messy. I haven't been myself lately. Right. This is really funny. <laughs> Mythos is like, I hadn't noticed. Yeah. I thought that was good. So we go inside. Uh-oh. Cameo. Boo. Oh, boy. Rachel McLeod. Boo. Rachel McLeod. I hate that. She was such a B-I-T-C-H Yikes. in the other episodes. I don't understand what that spells. Uh, I'm not a good speller. I'm actually illiterate. Sorry, it's, like, it's evil Eamon. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's the B, B word. word. Yeah. It makes it very hard to do my job. Yeah, I imagine. So yeah, so Rachel's cleaning up Max's boat. Wrecked home. So Mythos talked her into giving him the sword. Right. And so she decided, like, because you helped me when I was in trouble, I was going to help you. And so she that's, was in trouble? I guess the whole village was in trouble. Because it was a murderer? Yeah, that's trouble. <laughs> All right. With a capital T. Rhymes with P. Stands for puddle. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, so Mitha's just like, uh, I gotta go, as he fiddle acts with like an iron... A- like, what is this thing? It's like an animal toy? It's not a toy. It's like made of steel. I assume it's one of Tessa's sculptures. Oh boy, it's terrible. <laughs> so anyway, he, he puts it in, he's like, oh, Alexa like, is waiting for me in Greece, right? Yeah, Yeah, that girl, he, the dying girl. The dying girl. Around the world with. Right. So I like that that's like name dropped, at least. It's like, oh, like that's still happening. Yeah, I forgot mind. about that. Yeah. I, I literally Two episodes later. Oops. I forgot. And then they're left with a lot of romantic tension, which seems like part of why Mythos is so uncomfortable. He's like, I, uh, ooh, ooh, yeah. I gotta go. Ooh, don't mind me. Bye. Like, Mac, you have some fucking penance to undertake. You can't be enjoying yourself right away. Yeah, like the bounce back from all this is just like banging around with your cousin. Yeah. Nope. Your cousin. Like, who does he think he is? Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's this episode. That is, in fact, this episode. How about we play a little game? So, we're going to play something a little different. Ooh, this time, like a Dutch angle. Which, <laughs> he looks at things a little differently. differently. Which is actually going to factor into our conversation about the episode. So we're going to play a, a game that I'm dubbing Highlander Rewrite. So I've got come up with a few specific prompts about elements of this episode which could arguably be different. Ooh. Each of us will present a pitch for what we think that element of the episode could be. Then after we each present one, we'll each decide whose we think is the best. And if for some reason we can't decide, since I'm, it's my game... I will be the final judge. All right. And whoever comes up with the most of these, you know, gets the most votes effectively at the end, will be the winner. That sounds great. We talked an awful lot about Mac giving the triple D. That, of course, means diners, drive-ins, and dives. To Dominique Davis. It probably took up a solid, you know, one-fourth of the episode. What would you have liked this episode to have spent that time doing? Oh, I got it. So Duncan comes in, right? Oh, I'm being bashful. He comes in. They have dinner. La, 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 right? She checks him out in the mirror. It's like, it's looking pretty good. More flirting. Mac makes up this crazy lie about Captain Davis. Then they go back to the bedroom. Then he slowly takes his tongue. He runs it from the top bottom of her neck down her chest, down to her navel, right? And they get, but then it gets lower, right? Then it gets down. And he gets into it, man. And we see it all right <laughs> and then like and then she's like no and she flips him over and she gets on top so and then you're like, no, no, no. It's, it's just a porno no no let me get let me get more into it there's a lot of like finger finger play right it's like a lot of tickling and stuff 
Uh, anyway, Tickling. it's soft. You can like it's it's the soundtrack is quiet enough that you can hear like all the like kissing sounds, Ugh. which I think is important, right? Anyway, my idea is it's not twenty five percent of the episode; it's fifty percent of the episode. <laughs> wow! So that's my Highlander rewrite. Wow, Amen. <laughs> I would have liked to see a sword fight with Mythos and Mac, or a rematch between Richie and Mac. If they tried one more time to go up against him somehow, I think that would have been cool. As opposed to this wife thing, which I don't care about. I would have liked to get more of Sean, his buddy. Yeah. Like, I would have liked there to have been, like, him to have actually been able to meet up with him once. And maybe they're able to make a little bit of progress and there's some backsliding. In any case, like, develop. No, the backsliding is in my version of the oh, story. That's true, <laughs> yeah. actually. They're doing a lot you know, of backsliding. Maybe get to see <clears throat> a little bit of development with him in the present. So that their only in-person interaction isn't just the execution, I think, would have made it more emotional when the actual execution happens. I would also say, like, that uh, the flashbacks with Sean, they never deal with a psychological problem with Duncan. Like, Duncan talks about, like, not being able to deal with death. But basically, Sean just explains what psychology is to Mac. Like, they never do psychology with right. Mac. And it might be nice to see, like, did Sean help you before with, like, a problem? Like, I mean... Well, you're fighting in... Mac has said, I've killed so many human- people. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, this is a great turning point for Mac. Like, in the future, Mac has, like, come around on the revenge thing. Like, I've killed women and children. Mac has clearly moved on from that point. Maybe this is something And maybe this is part of it. I am dealing with this now. Like, I've done some of the atrocities I'm witnessing now. How do I overcome that? Like, I need to move past that. Because also, like, he, I mean, first off, he's, He's currently engaged in World War One, which is traumatic enough to begin with. But he could really still be trying to unpack things that are literally two hundred years old. So who uh, who wins the first round here? Well, we all get to think vote. Oh well, was it the hottest answer wins? Was that it? <laughs> no. Damn it! The most erotic. <laughs> yeah. Can I go again? <laughs> <laughs> do you actually have a serious answer? Or no? Really turn it up, huh? No. Uh, no, I don't really. Amen. I mean, <laughs> do I have a serious answer? It's not worth our time. No. All right. Amen. <laughs> uh, I think I'll go with your option. Me too. Also, this game already seems rigged. You're winning round one in your own game. All right. (laughs) Round the second. Coltec had evil immortal personalities come through in the first episode of this series. In fact, that is how they were able to catch him multiple times was based on tracking these evil personalities. Which of Mac's old enemies would you like to have seen manifest in his personality? You know, under what circumstances? I got this one. So Mac, when he returns to the barge and he's looking through all the stuff and he's like, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Then we, gonna be- then we get a slight like Nefertiri comes through and she's like, <laughs> I'm here, baby. Do you remember the times we had? And then Mac just fucking humps the bed. <laughs> he just dry fucks his sheets and his blankets. It's so graphic. It's amazing. He basically has sex with himself, but with her, spiritually, in a way. There's a lot of levels to it, but uh, that's possibly a way. Uh, I'll come back around with a real answer later. How's that sound? So it won't just be this tired bit over and over again. (laughs) It might be interesting to see Kern, since he was referenced in the... We literally saw him in the episode, because he was featured so prominently in the flashback. Becoming what you hate. So that could be cool. Yeah, you literally become what you hate. And like there could be a a mimicking bar scene where he cartoonishly throws somebody down a bar (laughs) and they crash into a cash register. Got a beer. Grayson could be cool, too. I don't feel like I had a great way to implement it. For some reason, I had this image in my head of him being callous and maybe even 
like showing that personality when he kills Sean. Yeah. But they're able to find, they track him down in an opera house. That would like, be cool. That he's seeking it out. Or maybe they even go back to that bar that they used oh, throughout, the all se- like, throughout season three. The other one that was kind of speaking to me, but I couldn't think of a good way to deploy it, was like Xavier. I would have loved to see Mac doing a Xavier impression. Or like a Kyler. Like he could be in the we could Go to the mannequin. accent place. Yeah. yeah. Or the or go to the mannequin factory yeah. or whatever the hell that was. I don't know. There's a lot of cool ones to choose from. They sure. could have done a lot with that idea. I was going to say, since I've blown my joke answer, I was actually going to say Xavier as well. Like, I didn't feel like you could do it in a really great subtle way, especially because, like, I think really showcasing more of their personality would work if Mac was evil for the season. But since, like, it's just an hour episode or whatever, I feel like it would be a great subtle way just to use lines from other episodes. Like, just throw in a random line. And, like, I don't even think you, you wouldn't have to do an impression or anything. But, like, it would be a great Easter egg for fans of the show to be like, wait a minute, that line, which applies here, like, I think Kyler said that, or I think Grayson said that, or Patone, or whoever. And it's like, oh, they're all just, like, subtly in there, and they come out. Or just show Mac eating caviar sometime out of a jar. Like, that'd be great. Mac Um, could say, I have a talent for brutality. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I think the uh, the personality thing is a good call, Kyle, and a thing that should be maybe uh, retooled a bit. Yeah. I think, ultimately, I didn't even think of it. Kern is the obvious choice. It's literally prominent in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the notion of like being overwhelmed by that, which you hate, I think is really strong. Totally. So I think I'm voting for Eamon on this one. Yeah, you get the win. Is there an honorary mention category for me? For the never tier. Yeah. I like the line idea. Because then it could also be like a mystery. Like Instead of just having a watcher call Mac, they could be like, where has Duncan been? Who has he faced? And they could use that. Like how That's Duncan part of the mystery. tracked... What's yeah. his face down? Honestly, if we're going to rewrite the whole season, Mac is evil the whole season. And it's yeah. like, like the remainder of the season. Yeah, and it's yeah. this like whole crazy mystery. Oh, man. And he's fighting other immortals and like killing them. We've done it again, boys. We've yeah. <laughs> done it. Item number three. Uh, Mac takes a swim in some blue soup to solve this caper. It's <laughs> uh, green. How would you have had this plot resolve? I will actually give a real answer because this is a thing I said. I will talk about this later. Oh, I was, I was just saying, like, Amanda comes and fucks him into consciousness. <laughs> All right. Hold on. <laughs> Kyle, you were definitely anti the pool green glow. Anti-soup. Anti-soup, right? I dug it. I don't dig that it's, like, magical. I don't like that at all. Like, the show obviously is dealing with this, like, magical element now. More than it has been. I mean, obviously, they're, they're immortal, so... There's, it's a kind of magic anyway, right? So there's, there's that base level, right? But it's been adding on to that. In this instance, I don't think it's necessary. Like, Matt goes into a cave, and a cave, like, I was so into this. I was like, fuck. I was like, this is, like, great mythological stuff. Like, when the hero goes into a cave, I mean, this is Luke Skywalker, and if I may, read a little thing. So this is a little quote by Joseph Campbell. He's a philosopher and historian of myths. myths. Yeah. Right. So... Uh, on the subject of caves, he says, By going down into the abyss that we recover the treasures of life. When you stumble, there lies your treasure. The very cave you're afraid to enter turns out to be the source of whatever you're looking for. The damn thing in the cave that was so dreaded has become the center. You find the jewel, and it draws you off. In loving the spiritual, you cannot despise the earthly. Anyway, uh... The cave is, like, very much in mythology, like, the thing you fear the most. Like, that's why, like, when Luke goes in, I mean, that's the perfect example of modern mythology using this imagery. Or, honestly, even the new Star Wars sequels. The cave is, like, back. Like, it's a big deal when Rey goes in there. 
you face like what you fear to become or whatever. So I, I'm like way on board. Mac has to go into a cave to combat this. Also very Twin Peaksy again. Like you actually get to f- you have to face yourself. So I'd rather the the pool just not be magical. Like n- get rid of the green mist. Mac can just go down there and have a spiritual moment. Like clear your mind in a place that is like you might say is like rife with spirituality or something. Like this place is clearly a special place, right? We could I don't know. Like we can just leave it at that. And so that gives Mac maybe the mental prowess to, like, process things. And he can still fight himself. Like, I'm completely on board that. But it takes this magical element out of it. Like, especially because Sean Burns talking about psychology is a big part of this episode. And when you introduce this magical element, it's like, well, did the magic fix you? Like, what did this magic thing do? I, I would rather Mac just go down and let this be all a big mind thing. And it's just like Mac needs to defeat whatever evil's in his own head. I know this isn't like a deep, crazy answer about it, but like kind of just erase the green goo. And I think it's a better ending because it's psychological and not magical. Mm. But I do think that all this cave shit is like legit awesome because who comes out of the cave well the cave is empty on the third day so no one oh amen i kind of wish sean burns played more into max being free of this dark quickening magic pool that has never been brought up before (laughs) is a little goofy um maybe if they implanted something that sean said to mac earlier and that somehow comes back and like freeze him or Mac remembers some instruction that helps him in the fight against himself. Maybe something like that. One thing that's kind of implied at the end, though they don't play it up that much, is he sees Sean Burns in the pool. Right. There is a notion that Sean Burns is inside of him. And Mac actually, especially if you consider indirectly, has actually a lot of his friends inside of him. Uh. And I kind of wish they had played that up. It's like, Hugh is in there because he got killed by Callus, who right. got him back. Those people are knocking around. And I kind of wish there was a notion that the good people in his past, whether living or dead, are also part of this fight. He's literally being overwhelmed by the volume of evil he's consumed. But Mac has led a good life in which he is surrounded by a volume of goodness. You know, he doesn't need to be alone in this battle. I feel like that could be interesting. No, that's a great idea. You could even bring in people like Darius. You've got Richie. You've got Mythos. You've got Joe. You've got Amanda. Like, you've got the living cast of characters as well as the deceased. Mm -hmm. Your Lucas Desirees and your... That uh, monk guy that Kalis killed. Paul? Brother 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 Paul. Paul. And then, you know, you could even still have the mirror match, but just with the understanding that... Yeah, like have a montage of their voices or just cutting, like when Mac, every time he gets stabbed, like you take a moment and Mm -hmm. like revisit a a very short little clip of positivity. One of my problems with this episode is I'm not 100% sure, to use your phrase, what fixes him or what enables him to be fixed or what he learns that enables him to fix himself. Like that at least like creates like a kernel by which he can. No, I agree. Like that, that that idea gives you the tools. Like, cause. People have, like, keep reminding Mac. Like, Mythos is like, remember who you are. You're still Duncan McCloud. And, like, basically through these series of montages of the good people, you can have that, like, reinforced over and over again. Like, he needs people to tell him, like, you're still good. You're still good. And that can enable him to, yeah, because it just is kind of, like, magical. Like, all of a sudden he just does it, and I don't like that. It's still good. It's still good. Yeah, like, Rebecca is in there. Oh, yeah, Rebecca. All right. That's good. Round the third. Or they could all, like hold hands like in guardians of the galaxy now we're talking <laughs> yeah. i am that's Vander so Groot. cheesy yeah <laughs> I am Vander Vander Groot. Groot. who's getting this round team 
I, like I think I get a point just because mine was non-sexual in nature this time. There you go. That's true. We'll give this one to Keith. Keith gets a point. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> For having a pitch that was non-sexual. Point the fourth. What should R- Joe and Richie have been doing in this episode? All right, now I got this one. So, <laughs> so, All right, so, like, so they're worried one. about Mac. They've had a little too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, let me put Joe's on one of my old, let me put on one of my old CDs. <laughs> Let what of my like, own CD? Yeah, right. He's listening to himself. You hear that sweet blues man singing? They're knocking back the whiskey. Oh, tequila. It's a PG-13. He unzips his pants. And he's Who like, unz- unzips whose pants? Richie unzips his own pants. <laughs> okay. And, and then Richie turns to Joe and he says, do those legs come off? Oh. And he's like, all the way. <laughs> he takes his legs off. All right. <laughs> all right, Eamon, what do you got? I'll go next. Start that part over. I'll go next. So Richie and Joe... Well, if we did the idea where Mac is, like, reliving his enemies' lives, like, Richie and Joe could have been working together to kind of, like, track Mac and figure out where he is or what he's doing. It would kind of have to depend on those earlier parts of the episode being rewritten. But we could have them participate instead of this Claude guy. Well, that also makes a lot of sense because that gives the Watcher connection something to do. And, like, Richie and Joe knew more about Mac's old struggles than almost anyone. Right. So Certainly more than Mythos. So, yeah. like, that would actually be kind of fun. Like, them trying to, like, check off locations. Like, oh, yeah. we went to the Absinthe place because mm-hmm. of Kyler. Like, there'd be tons of fan service there. And it's like, right. oh, wasn't there. We went by Nosferatu, wasn't there. Like, got to yeah. keep an eye on this shit. Well, and the Mythos role in this episode could be Richie, right? 100%. Or maybe maybe wouldn't have as much knowledge, but Richie just disappears, and I think that's kind of weird. That's the part that's a little kooky, is that in his greatest time of need, his best friend is completely absent. Mm-hmm. So is Joe. And so is his watcher. They both have businesses to run. Yeah. Richie, the gym, and Joe, the watchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is very similar to what you said. I mean, like, Joe just replaces Claude. There's no need for Claude. Joe just needs to be the field guy because that's also his fucking job, like, to be tracking Mac. Maybe you could assign Mythos a role of, like, I mean, he's a research dude and he has a breadth of knowledge because he's so old. Like, what is a dark quickening? Like, maybe look into that more. Like, what does that mean? Are there ways to defeat this thing? That sort of shit. Maybe he can kind of be in the background a little more and come out later. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Eamon. I'm just copying your answer. Uh, Because, yeah, I feel like Richie just needs to be the mythos role, like pleading with Mac. And I don't know if Richie could put himself on the line, like really amp the stakes up and like really try to save Mac by sacrificing his own life. Not actually dying, but like putting himself out there, Mm. being like, I know you're good. You can't do this. And like you said, like, Richie's a guy that knows Mac's past. I mean, like, when Mac looks around and says there's nothing here, I mean, like, yeah, you need that sort of, like, guardian angel. There's this odd bit the in the previous episode, like, have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? Life? Yeah. What's... It's like, what is that? Like, that just dangles there, and it's like, was that intended to be something that carried through? Like, someone needs to remind Mac. And I mean, maybe that's the, I mean, I guess that is the idea. It's like, Mac, you got to remember who you are, like... And maybe that's just it, because that's what A Wonderful Life is. Like, all the good you did. Yeah. But I never feel like anyone's telling Mac the good he did. Like, I like your idea, Kyle, again, about bringing back all those good people in his life. That's a very It's a Wonderful Life sort of thing. But maybe Richie can be just somebody that helps facilitate that. Yeah. Or just Richie and Joe have sex or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just for fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not fun. like a committal thing. Like, they're not in a relationship. It's just... <laughs> My uh, idea overlaps largely with Eamon's... So I think Eamon gets this round, which cool. in fact means Eamon is the winner of this game. Woo! The first round of Highlander rewrite. That was 
a good game. Great. Yeah, that was fun. So what do we want to talk about in this episode that we haven't already talked about? Yes, I... That the game didn't suck the life out of. <laughs> oh, well, excuse me. The vampire. So what do we think of this episode? Uh, it's a missed opportunity for me. There's a good stuff in the middle, but the beginning and the end of this episode drive me nuts. Like, yeah. the entire plot of, like, him getting revenge on Davis speaks to me not at all. Like, we've and already seen that he's evil. Yeah, I don't need to be convinced. And also, right. like, what is this weird fever dream that we are watching? Like, we're watching, like, cuckolding porn play out. Yeah. It gives us nothing to advance the story. And then the ending with, like, the magic soup just feels unearned. I don't have a real sense of why Duncan actually reforms in the end. Right. There's not really a good reason. It's magic. Right. It's like, oh, thank God Mythos knew about this puddle. The Sean Burns thing doesn't really play into it. It doesn't seem like it. It could have. With very minor changes, that could have been it. Yeah, like they could have been in a weird therapy session or something. Or Matt could be in a trance and Burns is there with him and, like, the fight could be in his mind or something. Like, I don't think the representation of it as the mirror match needs to change or is bad by any stretch. The steps we take to get to it just don't make a lot of sense to me. The Mac versus Mac itself was pretty cool i like to see the highlander clan mcleod sword back that was kind of cool yeah i mean that's really satisfying every time that appears yeah beautifully shot scenery but yeah there is a lot of a lot of fluff to it what do you think keith well it's interesting talking about it with you guys that i was like really digging this episode but also like in some ways it's hard for me to separate this episode from the previous episode like i view them as just one big episode but yeah hearing the comments like i think i might have a little bit less of a opinion of it than i came in thinking well there's just some missed opportunities with like the green goo is ridiculous at the end it does not need to be like that the green goo and all the raping stuff (laughs) yeah that puts a bad taste in your mouth. Well, it's it's not just that, but, like, we don't need to... Like, I get Max bad. Like, we saw right. that the first time he hit the woman in the bar, and when he tried to kill Richie, do I really need to know that... And also, he fought he the fights, people... When he fights the sailors. Fights the people on the boat. Like, I get that Mac is bad, but I don't know. Like, That's still the worst thing he They're does. able to hang, like, some real heavy shit on him. Like, this, this whole rape scheme that he has is, like, out of control nuts. Like, it's one of yeah. the most evil, crazy things we've seen on the show. And the show's done some, had some pretty evil characters. So, like, maybe give a credit for that. I don't know. I, I don't know what the impact on the whole episode arc would be if they didn't include it. But, yeah, I mean, like, I get that Mac's evil. And if that's just to reinforce that he's evil, uh, I get it. But if it's about an emotional response to what's going on, like, and also moving forward into future episodes, like, Mac has now done some real shit. Like, this is, this is part of his past, too, now. Uh, yeah. And he can't escape that. And he has to deal with it. Because it is him that did it. I really dig all the mythology stuff. I mean, like, I don't think I mentioned before, like, I mean, Matt goes into water. Like, I mean, this is all, like... It's a little baptism. It's like baptism rebirth. Like, the water, bap- like, rebirth thing is a- another comic, comic, common myth trope, mm. uh, which is really great. Like, I-, I don't know. I like seeing this mythology into Highlander. Like, to me, that gives this mythology even a bigger scale because it exists now within the language of, like, the shared myth of humanity, if that makes sense. Like, these are things across cultures that we share a great deal with each other because we're all aware of these myths. And when it dips its toes, literally, in this sense, into that territory, I really appreciate it. And I think it really broadens the scope of Highlander. Uh, So, yeah, I still still like this episode a lot. I I won't 
poo-poo it too much. I think it's... And also, AP's performance is bananas good. I think he's awesome in this. Mythos is great, too. Also, it's, it's in great contrast to his opinions in chivalry. Oh, I don't care about anybody else. Like, you know, if I've learned anything, it's about looking out for me. And, of course, we were questioning that then. And then we see the difference in Timeless, where he does care about somebody and then even more so here that mythos is a compelling character and he cares about people around him can i just make one final point please is in this season and this episode arc mac almost killed richie he punched a woman killed the dog he punched joe he coerced a woman into sleeping with him he attempted rape he tried to kill uh his boss davis right uh he tried to kill mythos he ran a stop sign and in a previous episode, he threatened a child and he killed a dog. Like this again, we are. This is like when we need to sum up the hero of this story. These are things that make the list. Is is Sean being killed in that list? Oh no, Sean's not. I'm sorry. He killed also a longtime friend who is yeah. maybe at a his doctor. core a very good person, yeah. like a truly good soul. And he, he killed Jim Coltec. Yep, he killed so many fucking people. So. The hero of the story, Duncan McLeod. <laughs> Amazing. He's a bad boy. He's a bad band of bone. Sorry, not to get philosophical again. But the show, this episode brings up an interesting point about, like, Mythos, I think, says to Mac at one point, like, you are good in your core. That is why I know you're good. And I, I remember hearing that line and being like, huh, interesting. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, Mac can come back from this because there's something in Mac that is good. And I was like, well, what does that mean for the bad people? Like, I, I kind of don't like that this, like, there's an innate goodness to Mac. And it's like, well, then the villains in the show, is there an innate badness to them? Is, yeah, is Harry Kunch just unabashedly bad? Yeah. I mean, he's bad to the bone, as we were just singing. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't necessarily believe that as a, like, humanist or something. It's like, no, you're not, like, intrinsically good or bad you have as a person get to make those decisions and are certainly influenced by like outside factors but this idea that just like mac you you are good like it's like what do you mean like you are good as defined by your actions and motivations and all this other stuff weird random thought but i remember that stuck out to me as uh something that made me think mac had a lot of horrendous actions (laughs) he certainly did mac Mac, you're good to the boat like you're so good inside like except for that time where you killed the dog (laughs) and you threatened a 10 year old and you raped that woman and and all the other things. And you killed hundreds with their children and wives watching. <laughs> hundreds. I don't know if we can say hundreds, but... Whatever it was. Except for this thing. So Except for this thing. Distress. You're still good to the core. And that's not me questioning that Mac is a good person. Mac is a good... Like, I believe Mac is like a yeah. heroic figure. Like, I don't want to discount that. I do think he makes mistakes and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just arguing with the language a little bit. Yeah. So, rating it... How many bottles of sweet vermouth would you give this episode? How many bottles of sweet vermouth would you threaten to smash over somebody's <laughs> head this episode? I'm giving it a four. Whoa. Yeah, it's sticking with four. I'm, no, well, I'm not sticking with four. I came down from a 4.5. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So you actually liked this more than the previous episode. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And leading Despite up to the, the cuckolding plot. <laughs> Despite the cuckolding. I think like in support the of the, the <laughs> My reasoning going into this, because I was thinking about this when I rated the last one, was I was going to rate this much like finale part two, that I was going to, in some ways, cheat and say, this is the sum of the parts, like deliverance plus something wicked equals 4.5. But I will bring it back down. It gets a four. It gets a four. It does have some like stumbling blocks and a bunch of unneeded rape. So, you know. Amen. How many magic puddles would you give this episode? Three and a half magic puddles. The inordinate amount of time spent in the lives of the Davis family that Mac has effectively ruined. Destroyed. He's utterly. destroyed their lives. Those people's lives are ruined. Yes. The wife 
cheated on her husband. There was obviously some underlying issues there before Mac arrived that he exploited. Well, yes. maybe he just kind of, you know, helped them come to I terms. I mean, he's also <laughs> super hot. So, right, yeah. I mean, you can't pass that up. Bomb, uh, Bomb triple D. The cops are probably at their house because Davis they, might like, go to jail for that shooting spree he at took. people. Yeah. But, you know, I like all the Mythos stuff. I like all the conversations Mac and Mythos had. Sean Burns was cool. I wish they fleshed him out a little more. He's kind of a nothing character for the most part. Um, those flashbacks were very nice to look at. The scene where Antoine sees them as German soldiers was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so three and a half. This one should be a four and a half, but I give it a three. Wow. It's like a big miss for me. They introduce a lot of concepts that don't get a payoff. The titular characters that seemingly should be involved in this episode are really nowhere to be found. And we spend literally a quarter of the episode, again, not to harp on it, on this stupid cuckolding plot that just it, I just find infuriating. So all in all, you know, this takes like what could be a really good package down to a three. Duncan McLeod, really good package. Also, is it McCluckolding? Is that work? <laughs> does does yeah. that work? Duncan I've been trying to. I've been trying to work that out. McCluckolding. I think that's okay. Yeah, McClucked. Well, that's deliverance. Yeah. I'm very curious that you guys definitely rated it way lower than I thought you would. Especially your. Would you give it a three point five or a three? I give it a three. I gave it three point. I bet you look back at those other ratings of episodes and you're going to say like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gave it three point five to whatever. Write a passage or something. We're gonna have well, to. I, I want to voice my disappointment though. Okay. Get a ratings. Get a ratings update from PH. PH. We can look. What's the PH balance? Oh, oh shit! Pretty good, right? Fuck. That's good. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun talking about. Let us know what you thought of Deliverance and this entire arc when Matt goes evil from something wicked to Deliverance. Episode fourteen. Write us at HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com and share your thoughts on. Any bits of this episode? Give us a rating on iTunes. Ooh, five stars. Five, five whole stars, my stars. dear boy. Mm-hmm. Rate us higher than we rated this episode. That's right. Yeah. And or follow us on Instagram and Twitter. At The Rewatchers. That's right. And Highlander Rewatched on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so right. join us next week for another recap slash review episode of Season 4, Episode 15, Promises. Nice. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 How each one acts, like in very subtle ways, like yeah, like. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Go on, open it the rest of the way. No, oh, I'll do it too. Don't do it slowly. Just open it. You know, I regretted it as soon as I started trying it. I was like, you could probably do this. Just subtle. remember, anytime you hear it, it's on the recording. I know. Okay, so I just thought I could do it. That you quietly. just thought you could do it better. You thought you could do it better. Anyway. Yeah, I I thought I could do a better job than I did. I don't think I can.